bringing the best of the HR and talent communities to you. Welcome to another episode of the HR Chat Show. I'm your host today, Bill Bannum, and today I am lucky to be joined by Christine Song, Chief People Officer at CoinSquare. As a member of the executive team at CoinSquare, Christine's goal is to approach the functions of people experience by aligning the people strategy with the business strategy. She is addicted to the technology startup space, and her greatest passion is scaling startups so that they can accelerate growth while focusing on a people-first approach. Leadership development at all levels is incredibly important to Christine, as she believes great leaders lead great teams and create a pathway for future leaders. Creating a purpose-driven culture guided by high performance is also one of her superpowers. Christine, welcome to the show. Thank you, Bill. Happy to be here. So beyond my wee introduction there, tell us a bit about your career background prior to joining CoinSquare. Sure. So I started off my career in the traditional path. I have a lot of experience working in large corporate environments. And I guess you could say I cut my teeth in uh, companies like Loblaw and, you know, Harlequin and Acom, just really large organizations. And then I kind of journeyed into the foray of tech startup uh, in 2015 at a small company called Nexonia. Uh, When I joined that company, there were about 40 people there and they grew very quickly to over 200 in less than two years. Uh, Everything that I could learn about tech and startup, I learned there. And I'm currently now at CoinSquare and this will be my fourth startup. So I've had a lot of experience in the startup space. And I guess you could say that this is really where I belong. Um, Fast growth, Uh, lots of change, um, working with very entrepreneurial personalities. I think this is the place that, um, you know, I belong and I could provide the most value. Okay, well, let's delve into that a bit more then. So uh, if if you don't mind sort of getting a bit deeper there, offering a bit of a deeper dive into your current role as Chief People Officer at CoinSquare, what are your, because we're going to talk a lot today about uh, the importance of a performance-based culture. What what are some of your KPIs, your key performance indicators? And if there is a, such a thing, I'm, I'm yet to hear from any of my guests that there is such a thing, but if there is such a thing, what does an average work week look like for you? For sure. Um, so my role as Chief People Officer at CoinSquare is really looking after what we call the people experience function. Uh, we we have a small lean team that takes care about uh take care of about 100 people at CoinSquare. And we went through some accelerated growth over the past year. Uh, Basically, we grew from zero to about 150. And then we did uh, a few uh, layoffs as well. So everything that you could think about that occurs in a fast growth startup, we've done. Um, KPIs are incredibly important, I think, for the HR function in any organization, because you really shouldn't be making decisions without looking at analytics and data. Uh, for myself personally, um, some of the KPIs that I'm interested in is, you know, really looking at how long um, employees tend to stay at your company. You'll you'll look at, let's say, large corporate environments, and there could be people that stay for a lifetime, five, ten years, and then you look at startup environments, and they're much shorter, maybe a year or two, and you want to kind of dig in and see why, what what are what's driving them to leave, and um, what drives people to want to join your company. Um, Another KPI, obviously, that's important to me is, you know, leadership. So I really like to rate how our people leaders are doing in the organization. 
true believer that, um, you know, great leaders will groom future leaders. And as a result, um, you know, there's that whole saying, people don't leave companies, they leave managers. I think it's incredibly important to look at how your people leaders are functioning, how are they supporting their teams? Is there one department um, led by one leader that's, you know, doing less, um, you know, motivating and, and engaging than another? And why is that? Um, there's an opportunity to provide support and more leadership development in those areas. So I do look at a lot of the KPIs that have to do with engagement, um, managerial expertise, um, <clears throat> tenure within departments, or you know just overall how happy people are. And I think that's incredibly important. People don't want to just come into work and you know fulfill a job. They really want to come in to do purposeful work. So um, those KPIs are important to me. In terms of what does an average work week look like? You're right. It's very difficult to <clears throat> gauge that in a in a startup type of environment. I think that uh, in a typical week, I'm dealing with a whole slew of things. There's never a, a routine that I really go through. Um, ad hoc meetings come up all the time. You know, you're putting out fires um, that you didn't expect to have during the day. Uh, providing a lot of support for you know the leadership and the executive team because they're dealing with fires that they're unsure of how to handle and you know, providing that support, I think, as um, a people leader just kind of rallies the troops and ensures that we're all aligned to the same goal. So it's not easy, um, but I think some people thrive in that type of environment. And I would say that I'm one of those people that can really manage the change and, you know, sometimes the dysfunctions of environments like this and the ambiguity of it all. But I, I do it quite well, I think, and I think I was kind of cut for this. <laughs> Maybe you should add that to your LinkedIn profile. Works well in ambiguity. <laughs> okay, uh, let, let's, uh, let's now start to focus in a bit on, with this interview. I'd, I'd love to hear from you now uh, some of your anecdotes, experiences and top tips around what goes into aligning the people strategy with the business strategy. And, and perhaps before you even get to that point, it might be useful just to take 30 seconds or a minute to kind of define what you mean by people strategy versus business strategy. Yeah. So I find that um, in a lot of organizations, there is a people strategy. So there's an HR strategy that kind of focuses on culture. And then <clears throat> there's the overall business strategy, which they kind of separate as two different buckets. And I think that's the wrong approach. Um, I think that organizations need to bring these two strategies together so that they're aligned uh, I think the people strategy cannot move forward unless they're focusing on the business strategy as well. So people strategy is what I think um, culture is. You know, if you think about the people strategy in itself, a CEO is interested in people strategy. HR is interested in people strategy. Leaders are interested in people strategy because we're all aligned to the fact that we want our people to succeed. And then if you align that with the business strategy, what is your goal? What are you trying to achieve? Even what is your rallying cry this quarter? You need to align that with the people. So um, currently at Point Square, we are taking a big focus on culture. Um, we're redefining our culture for 2019. We grew really quickly. And I feel like a lot of, um, a lot of 2018 included tons of hires, people just coming in by the droves. We were doing onboarding. Um, several, you know, dozens of people per month, and it's a lot to take in. And as a result, there were parts of the business that went through a lot of stress, 
there was a lot of ambiguity because we were too busy just filling roles and a lot of things kind of fell to the wayside and we kind of need to do um, a reset in 2019 and say, okay, you know what, we need to focus on what do we want to achieve as a business? Let's get that strategy out there and then let's align it with the people. And as a result, um, we'll be talking about that at our next town hall. We'll be introducing our culture transformation that we're going to really focus on for uh, 2019. And I think a lot of people are excited to hear that because not a lot of companies will align both strategies together. But we think that it's really important at CoinSquare and um, our CEO also believes in that as well. So it's great to have a partner that believes in um, the same strategy as people experience. Now, in your current role, and certainly in uh, one of your previous roles, where uh, you and I first were introduced, I think, uh, when you were back at Mindful Snacks, you also had part of your role, which was uh, being almost like a brand advocate. I, I think I think you could describe it as uh, back then you were VP of people and culture, I believe. Uh, yep. I'd love to hear your experiences of uh, someone who who lives both sides of that, who is out there uh, projecting the employer brand, but also internally instilling what you're saying to the to the outside world as to what you represent yeah for sure um i think that you know every single one of us is a promoter of the brand Uh, it doesn't matter which role we're in um it doesn't matter what position we're in we're all out there to complete a job but also to promote the brand the company that we're working at and for me it's incredibly important to ensure that when I'm out there and I'm talking, maybe I'm doing a speech about, you know, HR practices or talking about culture, you need to align it to, you know, your employer brand. For us, um, we are proud to be working at CoinSquare. It's, it's a true startup environment. It's something that is going to become mainstream, um, a financial institution of the 21st century. And we believe that we can bring that to the mainstream fintech um, environment but we need advocates to speak about the company and what it's like to work here and the kind of work that we're doing and you know, um, the reach that we're getting with the public. So we talk to our employees here about you know, going out to these community events, bringing people into our physical environment. We have an incredible talent person here named Martin Hawk who um, is trying to bring more um, community engagement into our uh, CoinSquare headquarters. We have a huge office space. We're looking to bring speakers in, um, bringing youth in to uh, promote our, our company and our brand, and even allowing some, um, some other people that are require you know event space to come in and use our space so that we can create a connection with um, our community. I think that's really important because CoinSquare is uh, such a proud Canadian company, and unless you're really involved with the community, no one's really going to hear about you. So we are really taking an effort to um, promote the company, promote who we are as people and getting the outside to come in. So uh, we're hoping to reach out to a few more people out there and make us a little bit more mainstream. Okay. Thank you. Uh, Now let's talk a little bit about how a company can build a culture, which retains top talent and helps move them into leadership positions. What goes into developing a company culture where, where people become so engaged, so bought into what it stands for, that they want to stay there for the long term and be developed and, and perhaps one day be be the CEO of the company? That's a great question. Um, I think that a lot of startups have a challenge with bringing in talent uh, to startup environments 
and you know the turnover can be quite high. We're in a job market, the economy is doing great, people can job hop and kind of move around as much as they want. Millennials are fickle and you know they're very selective about where they want to work. But if you really look at the research out there and you talk to the people, people millennials are looking for something specific. They, they want a purpose. They want to come into work. They want to work in an environment that has a strong, positive culture. They want leadership to care about them and to develop them in their skills, develop them as leaders, mentor and coach and guide them. And these are things that, you know, didn't really exist 20 years ago, um, but they are necessary today. Um, I think that millennials are extremely smart and want more. They need a purpose to come into work. And you need to provide them with that as an employer. Um, you need to talk a lot about what you're trying to achieve. You need to talk about the mission, the vision, the goals. And you need to repeat that, you know, at town halls and, you know, at um, leadership meetings and get, get the buy-in so that they can ask questions and really understand why they're coming into work every day. You also have to invest in your employees. And I, this is really important. Um, you know, people think that culture means, you know, foosball tables and free beer pong. And, you know, that's not culture. Those are just perks and, you know, a byproduct of culture. Culture is really about how you engage with your people and what's important to you as a company. Um, for CoinSquare, we really believe in investing in our people. So, you know, we will invest in their development. We are launching a leadership development program. Um, we are putting in uh, a lot of investment in ensuring that everybody that joins us um, can really gain a lot of skills so that even if they choose to move on, let's say two, three years later, they'll leave as people with greater skills. They'll be able to spread their wings. And we always say, you never know, they could come back. Um, in a bigger role in the future. So it's never really goodbye, it's, it's a see you later. Um, but I think it's important to show people, um, you know, the value of coming into the company and what you can do for them. And then they will wanna stay. And um, I think if, if you can be transparent about that, spend the time to showcase that with your leaders and allow your leaders to share that with their teams, it can go a long way. Awesome. Thank you. So you just uh, offered a whole bunch of uh, great examples of, of aspects that go into developing and maintaining a purpose-driven culture, one where people want to stay and uh, and grow or at the very least come back later on in their careers. Conversely, though, uh, Christine, what are some of the big no-nos in terms of developing a culture where performance is key? Yeah, um, I think a big no-no is when you have core values that uh, are just words on a wall, um, core values that are not lived by, uh, by the executive team. I think people are smart enough to see that and will not buy into what you're trying to create. So in order to create that trust, that alignment, that transparency, you've got to really live the culture. You've got to live the core values. You've got to drive the behaviors and ensure that you're living it from top down and from grassroots up. Um, that's incredibly important. Um, <clears throat> I think there's also um, a misconception that uh, a great culture also means you say yes to everything. And I, I don't believe in that as well. Um, I think that if you want to build a high performance culture, you have to understand what that means for your organization, what that means for your company. And then you've got to talk about it with, with the people at the company. So, um, you know, high performance culture, 
Uh, it means that you take pride in your work. It means that you take ownership and accountability. And sometimes it means that as a leader, you push your people to do the best work that they can so that they can roll something out and be proud of that. Um, it's important that people understand that. I don't think people want to be coddled in a company, just coddling employees and saying yes to everything and providing parties every day. That's not what's going to drive high performance, nor will it drive high satisfaction. I think that if you can show the importance of why high performance matters and what you can do for a company and for them as individuals and professionals, I think you get a lot of buy-in. And this is something that you've got to nurture and take the time to present and communicate. And leaders have to talk about it with their teams as well. So it takes a lot of work. But I always say, um, you know, as leaders, the one thing that you don't have enough of is time. And that's, a, that's the one thing you have to give to your team. So that's really important to drive trust. Okay, now uh, now it's time in the show for a shameless plug, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, the, the, the HR Gazette is once again media partner of Innovate Work Toronto, which is uh, happening as we record this interview in a couple of months in mid-April, April the 11th. Uh, we have an amazing lineup of, of awesome panelists and wonderful speakers. And Christine, you are one of those speakers. So uh, I'd love you now to take a minute or two and tell us a bit about your session there and what are some of the hoped for learning outcomes? Sure, Bill. So um, I thought a great topic would be, um, you know, kind of talking about my journey as, a, you know, an HR professional working in startup environments and how I've kind of blown up HR. And what I mean by that is a lot of times HR has you know, certain best practices and you kind of follow the same rules and you kind of work with the same KPIs. And I realized that that doesn't work when you work in a startup environment. Everything that I learned in um, the corporate world, in the safe world, is it doesn't necessarily work in a very fast growth startup uh, type of world. And so as a result, um, I've had to kind of break some of my habits. I've had to customize the way I've done some things in HR and how I maneuver um, in this new environment. And I think that when I talk to a lot of other HR leaders um, in the tech community, they go through the same challenges and struggles. And the ones that really succeed are the ones that can customize um, how you lead the people experience in these types of ambiguous, fast growth, um, sometimes dysfunctional environments. And I think as a result of the way I've practiced HR, I've had great success partnering with many CEOs um, in the startup space that are incredibly smart and are looking for a new way to, you know, uh, manage the people function. And I found a great partnership with them. Um, we, we partner a lot in how we're going to strategize on building out a company. And it's never the same um, with any two companies. It's different with any tech company you join. You have a unique flavor and you customize what you do. And so you're constantly learning. You're constantly trying to find new ways of doing things and innovating. And I think it kind of works for me. So I'd like to share some of these tips and stories and challenges and, you know, some of my failures as well um, at Innovate Work. And I think that if anything, it'll be uh, entertaining. <laughs> Well, I'm certainly looking forward to it, as, as is Rob Catalano, and uh, we're expecting about 300 to 350 wonderful HR, talent, tech, and C-level 
pros there as well to to listen in. Uh, we are coming towards the end of this interview already, Christine. So last couple of questions for you. Uh, firstly, I understand, and this is just indulging me and my my loves outside of uh, the world of work. Um, I understand that you're a bit of a sci-fi geek. I should at least say enthusiast. I shouldn't <laughs> accuse you of being a geek like me. Um, therefore, just indulge me. What's your favorite sci-fi movie and why? Yeah, so favorite sci-fi movie of all time would probably be the original Blade Runner. Um, I oh. fell in love with that movie. The first time I saw it, it was beautiful, great cinematography, such an amazing story. And I could watch it over and over, and it still really conveys to me what the future could look like. It's not completely beautiful, and a lot of it can be ugly, but that's all part of life as well. And I just think that it was such a creative and beautiful piece. Um, I love Blade Runner, and yeah, any sci-fi that can that can kind of emulate that kind of you know realistic tone, I'm all for it. <laughs> Uh, ladies and gentlemen, before we started recording today, I, I did joke with Christine that um, her answer should totally be based on Back to the Future because that is my favorite. But Blade Runner is a good choice as well. Um, OK, one last question for you today. How can our listeners learn more and connect with you and how can they learn more about the wonderful work done over at Coin Square? Absolutely. Um, please feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn. Um, <clears throat> you can send me an email on there as well. Uh, Go to our website, learn more about our company. And if you're interested in joining, we're, we're always hiring. So you can reach out to myself um, or Martin, who is our wonderful talent person. And we're always happy to have coffee and meet with people that are interested in changing the world. Okay, well, hopefully today's uh, interview went some way to helping to change the world of HR and, and talent and tech and all those wonderful areas. Uh, so, listeners, until next time, it just leaves me to say, firstly, Christine, thank you very much for being a guest on this episode of the HR Chat Show. Thank you, Bill. Really enjoyed it. And listeners, as always, until next time, happy working. Thank you for listening to the HR Chat Podcast, brought to you by the HR Gazette.